Greetings, Greenhouse people. We are back at it with another episode of Tech on Demand, brought to you by the fine folks at Grower Talks Magazine. If you don't receive Grower Talks and Green Profit every month, head over to growertalks.com and subscribe. The magazine's been a pillar of the industry for more than 75 years, and it is about time you join the club. And speaking of subscribing, be sure to subscribe to the Tech on Demand podcast on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and I'm really happy to announce that we're now on Odyssey. Once you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and this time we've got a lot to cover in a medium form podcast, and with three main topics on the agenda, there is bound to be something for everyone. That also means you'll need to listen all the way to the end because my guest shares critical info throughout the entire show. And that guest is none other than Mr. Mike Fernandez from Danziger, a longtime plant guru and trusted source of knowledge to greenhouse professionals around the world. The three topics on our plate are New Guinea and hybrid impatience, URC sticking priorities, and the ins and outs of low input planters and baskets. Each topic is timely and cutting edge, and Mike holds so much knowledge that I feel privileged to secure his time and help get the word out in an effort to help you grow your best crops ever. That's the mission. But before we get started, let me run through Mike's bio, because anyone with these credentials and this much experience deserves to be recognized. Mike's experience spans more than 35 years in the horticultural industry. He's been a grower for retail and wholesale in many crops, including woody ornamentals, perennials, and annuals. His main area of expertise is vegetative stock production and propagation. And Mike's been with Danziger for 10 years as an employee and also worked with them for another 10 years as a licensee. In addition to being market manager for North America, he also operates a Danziger R&D facility on his farm in Michigan with his son and wife, where they trial more than a thousand experimental varieties each year in indoor and outdoor trials. And I've been to Mike's house and I can tell you the trial grounds are impressive. So without further ado, let's get into the episode and get started on New Guinea nuances, sticking flexibility and prioritization, and efficient production of top-notch baskets and patio pots with a whole lot more mixed in. It's time to talk tech with Mike Fernandez. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. So before we jump right into the topic uh, today, why don't we, I know you've been out, you've been traveling, you've been talking to a lot of growers. Why don't we take a minute just to talk a little bit about the upcoming season? Um, maybe some of what you're seeing out there in the market as growers start to get ready for spring production. And I know a lot of our listeners are really busy right now and uh, probably interested in what's going on uh, out there in the in the world of horticulture. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, so the last um, few weeks I have been traveling uh, to my customers. And uh, the, you know, the, the good thing is, is everybody's very optimistic uh, for the upcoming season. Um, there are challenges and, um, you know, a lot of challenges are connected to supply um, whether it's uh, you know peat moss supply, uh, chemical supply, and other and other products, um, so I I have seen a lot of growers needing to grow 
in soil media that they're not used to, uh, which if you're a grower, you know that that's, it's not always easy to change uh, your, uh, your watering uh, practices. For sure. And a lot of that does come down to water management, moisture management, and the different nuances with different mixes. So, but are they, are they navigating their way through this? They, they are. Um, you know, what I tell them is, is you can grow in anything. It's just a matter of, of watching, uh, you know, certain things uh, that apply always when you're growing, that there's not, you know, they don't stay too wet, uh, that you're getting enough fertilizer to compensate for maybe a, a, a component that's not um, all the way broken down, uh, like hydro or uh, wood fiber or even um, uh, bark. Um, so they do have to adjust their fertilizers and raise them to, to compensate. That makes sense. And the young plants you're seeing out there are looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of really nice uh, young plants, uh, you know, either being shipped in as liners or the growers uh, propagating themselves. Um, you know, to me, it seems like a pretty uneventful year on that side. Uh, except for the shipping challenges, of course, uh, which have, uh, they are out there. For sure. Yeah, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody, but uh, hopefully the listeners are, are receiving their plants on time for the most part, and uh, the propagators out there are, are on their way to moving those plants out the door. So I know that uh, everybody's kind of expecting another big year. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of growth. And uh, it doesn't seem to be plateauing yet, which is good. And certainly when you when you look at some of the social media on the consumer side, there's a lot of spring fever out there. Um, but let's kind of get into the, the nitty gritty of, of growing um, some of the, the technical aspects. And we do have a lot to cover. So let's go ahead and get started. And let's start with one of the, the crops that I know that you, uh, you've worked a lot with in terms of um, whether it's the the production side and the trialing side, and certainly a crop that you're familiar with is New Guinea Impatiens and the hybrids, which have become so popular in the last, uh, it's probably 10 years now. Um, I was going to say recently, but it's probably not that recent. Um, they've seen a lot of growth. And I think with that comes uh, new introductions and more and more cuttings are hitting greenhouses and, and liners. So what are a few things that our listeners need to be aware of when it comes to New Guineas and, and hybrid impatience, um, in terms of, of culture and any nuances or production strategies that, that you find yourself uh, helping growers with? Yeah, so um, the, the, you know, one thing with New Guinea impatience, um, you know, it's all about time and temperature. Uh, doesn't have anything really to do with the day length or the light. Um, you know, the, the temperature is king. And, um, you know, so you, you have to know what temperature you are to be able to program the, um, the finish time. So, you know, I'll give you an example, because uh, we do a, a stick to trial, uh, stick to flower trial every year. Um, so it's 72 degrees. The majority of New Guinea and patients are around. 12 weeks from sticking to unrooted to a finished flowering plant. Um, then if you go down to 68, you just added two weeks of production time. So you really need to know 
you know, and call it what it is. Um, you know, I do have a, a way to calculate a sheet that you can calculate finish time uh, by temperature. Uh, you know, I think it's good to get that information uh, and just call it what it is, uh, you know, and, and give it the time. Um, you know, the other thing is, is you definitely need to watch your EC. Don't be too high. EC will shut down a New Guinea. Um, and, and, and so you want to be around 0.9, you know, not really over one. Um, and, you know, I, I know this because I see it every year, usually about two weeks before Mother's Day, I get a whole bunch of calls of people wanting to know what to do with their New Guineas. And, uh, you know, so, of course, you can leach them um, and, and, and get the salts back down. Uh, so that's going to be very important. Um, and then another thing to know is, you know, a New Guinean patient will get its size depending really on how soon you transplant it. So, you know, the biggest baskets would be a direct stuck. Um, you know, or I always tell people, look, transplant your New Guinea liner in three to four weeks if you get have baskets. And then if you're doing small pots, uh, you might want to have a six week old liner uh, for that. Uh, so that's very important as well. Anything in particular with hybrid impatience or uh, are they following a lot of the same protocols as New Guinea? They're, they're the same. They're the same. Um, you know, now um, there's product offered uh, by, uh, by uh, actually Danziger or other breeders um, with fast flowering uh, uh, New Guineas and, and hybrid New Guineas. Um, you know, so you can kind of tailor it to the uh, container. So say that you need to do a, a, a 306 pack. Mm -hmm. You could use fast flowering and direct stick and finish it in, in six to seven weeks instead of waiting the full 12. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, the, the plant won't get as big. It'll be better suited for the, uh, actually for the, the pack. So. For sure. For sure. And it's exciting to see the breeding going in that direction with, uh, you know, different different crop sizes for the different formats and then dialing in the the, the production regimes. Um, yeah, we've come a yeah, long way, I think. There are also, uh, you know, of course, genetics uh, for different uses. Um, you know, for example, Soluna uh, by Danziger is made to be evenly compact. Mm -hmm. and and used mostly in small pots and packs you know and then uh you know whether it's sun harmony or some patients uh they're going to be uh ideal for uh you know a landscape plant uh, so sure. there are uh there are you can choose uh for the use and then most breeders will also have even on regular new guineas the size along with the, the flowering time so you can you could pick a meat, small, medium, or large habit aimed at the container you're doing. Definitely, and I think that yeah, I mean it, it's we've come a long way in the breeding of those crops, and that that's super exciting. And something yeah. you said um, when you talked about uh, 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 how soon you transplant is is critical to to sizing those uh, crops up. Is a really good segue into our next topic, which is to talk a little bit about sticking priorities. And 
and and what needs to be considered throughout production, especially when greenhouses are busy, um, you know, is, is when to stick what crop. Because, you know, sometimes it comes down to labor, sometimes it comes down to just availability of space in the greenhouse around the machinery. Um, so, you know, everybody kind of ha- probably has a plan and a protocol when, when they start the season, but obviously plans need to be flexible. So um, can you talk and help our listeners understand a little bit about prioritization of sticking schedules, especially when the time comes to pivot your plan a little bit, which I know uh, you, you deal with quite a bit. Yeah, so so the first thing is, is it even starts before that sticking priority is to, to order your cuttings according to your ability to get them stuck. So, so uh, you know, most breeders, suppliers um, will offer multiple ship days, you know, so it's, it's a good idea for, I think, to split your shipment up uh, so you don't have too many all at one time. You know, a grower's first reaction is to get it all Monday. And, and so I know I have it. And then we're going to stick. The problem is, if you don't get it done till Friday or Saturday, uh, there's going to be problems. So, so that's the first thing. Um, and then, um, you know, a, a sticking priority, which most breeders, uh, uh, Danziger as well, offer a, a sticking priority list. Um, and then that's going to be based, you know, on numbers or letters. Like I always uh, put one out that's. Uh, you know, one, two, three, and four priority. And then, uh, you know, so one would be your geraniums, uh, portulaca, lantana, lobularia, those type of things. You know, your second priority, so what you stick second would be New Guinea's, verbena, um, items like that. And then your third would be calibricoas and petunias. And then your fourth would be things like Lucanthemum or, or uh, Dianthus that you know can last in the cooler for a long time. Um, the, the reason I like the, the numbered priority is you need to have the ability to communicate to your people on the sticking line to, if you need to move something up in priority. Mm. So so like say, say you were having trouble with uh, your petunias coming from one supplier and, and you have it at third priority, you might move that up to the first priority and stick it in the beginning. And that could make a big difference uh, in the finished product. Have you seen, have you seen this in, in action at, at greenhouses and, and how is it challenging on the, the sort of production management side to do that? Or is it something that as long as you, sort of, you know, practice makes perfect kind of thing, or how is I, the, the learning I curve it, on that? It starts, of course, with the management um, to, you know, the people that are on the sticking lines and that type of thing, they're, they're there to do the work and they're mm-hmm. doing it as long as they know. Usually where I see the breakdown is the communication from the top to the bottom that they need to do it. Yeah. So, you know, and they need to post it um, you know, keep it, uh, you know, visible to everybody and especially um, the people running the line. And uh, this priority also goes for people that are using machines. 
auto stick or ISO. It's the same priority list. For sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what other, what other advice do you have on, on, on prioritization of sticking or how to be, how to be flexible? Is there any other tricks or, or tips that you've seen or, or have for growth? Well, you know, it kind of starts when, when the cuttings come in, uh, you know, for me, it's always better to open the boxes to see what you're looking at. You know, so say you open the box and then you see you it smells bad mm. or it's uh, you can see cuttings breaking down. Definitely move those up in priority. So get them done, get them stuck, um, you know, pick through it. And uh, another really important thing is to notify the supplier as soon as you can. Um, you know, the, it, you know, for for our product. We do ship actually in the same shipping week. So so we could get you'd say a shipment came Tuesday and it and it was bad, we could we could replace it. Mm-hmm. If you don't open the box till you're ready, then you might be too late. So so always notify the supplier first, uh, for sure. And that's gonna save that's gonna save money all through the supply chain because the the longer those crops are in the greenhouse, the more cost you're sinking into them, yeah, the longer it's, it's lot, going to take to replace. It's a lot, it's a lot cheaper at the beginning uh, to call it early and and uh, and get replacements. Um, you know, and we can advise, uh, and other breeders can do the same thing if the cuttings come, you know, whether they, whether, you know, we think they'll make it or not. So mm-hmm. we can always help with that. I think that's good advice. Open the box, look at what you're getting right away, and uh, don't don't let it sit until some magical time when when it says on the wall that you need to plant it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it really sounds like the, you know, you can you can come into the season or come into the week with your plan, but you really need to be ready to to adapt. Um, and that's probably your your best plan is to is to be nimble and 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 quick to react. Um, yeah. And I definitely think that, you know, for the listeners, this is something you can share with everyone on your team, you know, whether you have a a team meeting and and kind of run through your prioritization, whether it is numbers or letters, and really, um, really communicate this clearly in the team so that they're all aware that that things can change on the fly. um, And and to be really vigilant about that, because it's going to, it's going to save a lot of hassle in the long run. So why don't we move on to, to another specific topic? And, um, you know, I think I, I, this, this podcast is cool to me because I was out at your trial greenhouse and I was able to see a lot of these products, um, as you were trialing them last uh, spring and summer. Um, and I know that you, you had a lot of combos and a lot of baskets. And we talked at that time about, uh, one of your programs that, that Dan Ziegler has Durabloom and in these sort of lower input baskets and containers, and I know, so I know that you've done a lot of trialing on them. Um, what do you, what, what have you learned, I guess? What, and, and what, what are these, what is the, the sort of reason behind launching the, these programs? Is it from grower requests or just from what you guys understand about the marketplace? Um, what is the, you know, why, why is there a need for, you know, high quality, really nice uh, combos and containers using fewer inputs? Right. So, so the the program's Durabella. Oh, Durabella. It's okay. And and uh, you know, I guess 
I started playing with this about, I don't know, seven years ago. And, and you know, it, it was with the grower in mind. Um, you know, the first thought to me was the big box grower. Um, you know, they, they need to, to, you know, it's low cost. You know, they need to help wherever they can get it, I think. Uh, and, and so, you know, I knew for a fact that, that a plant would basically fill up the space it has. And um, so what the program is, is two or three cutting combos, even in a 12 inch um, basket and even with mixed species. And um, so when we do the trial, uh, I program 12 weeks from stick to finish. So that's, you know, about the schedule that most people would use. They'll use, uh, you know, four, you know, four to five in the liner and then about six to seven in the, in the finished basket. And, and, you know, definitely they'll fill the space, um, you know, with three, um, you know, the, for me, the, the harder one was the mixed species combos. And, and so we, we did have to trial a few years on the placement of the, of the liners. But what I found was, is if you just hold the three liners together um, and stick them right in the middle, they will blend. Um, they'll, it'll make them blend themselves. Um, uh, but I also thought, you know, if they don't blend perfect, does the end consumer really know that? Probably mm -hmm. not. Uh -uh. So, so, uh, um, you know, I found that, that uh, it, you can finish it with no added time. Um, you know, it's easy, but there's some extra added benefits, um, which, you know, one is less roots, less water, less plants, less roots, less water. So, you know, in the, in the uh, garden center, um, if it doesn't use as much water, then your success rate and your shelf life is going to be better. Um, and then also um, the longevity of the combo for the consumer. Um, it's not going to get as crowded as one that has six or nine. So it is better, you know, down the whole value chain, it, it's, it's, I think, better, um, you know, for everybody. Cost, longevity, you know, and, and so on. That's interesting about the the holdability at retail um, because it's it's requiring less water, and we all know that garden centers take care of plants, but they're not you know that's not their main focus. They're there to sell plants, not to necessarily put a lot of yeah uh, right. And, and then you know them. some some get sent to uh, grocery stores where they don't have water. Um, you know, I see it at our grocery store every spring, mm -hmm. and uh, and so it, if you can buy an extra couple of days. Um, it could be the difference in selling or not selling. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it all comes down to, to reducing strength and still providing a, a super high quality product uh, at the end of the line for, for the end, end consumer. Um, right. Have you run into uh, not necessarily pushback or, you know, sort of nervousness about this concept from, from growers that you've, that you've talked to? I mean, is there is there anyone who's been gun shy that you've been able to you know, talk, you know, discuss with them the, the pros the, and the cons that are that they can gain from this. And, and then they, they've tried it and had success. Yes. Um, the, the, the hardest part is getting them to believe it. Mm. 
the the you know we've all been uh, conditioned for years um, to put you know for one to plant the the plants even you know mm-hmm. from one side to the other so that would mean two of each in every combo um, you know there and so it's hard to change people the other thing is is they they do they don't want to fail so it's hard for them to make that move you know what i do with my customers is i tell them look just trial it do a line you know do 100 baskets and i said at the end you're going to come back and buy more <laughs> because you're, they're going to finish and, and you're going to like them um you know without adding the time you know i don't tell anybody to add time i've had people come back and tell me, you know, I added time, even though you told me not to, but then they were ready too early. Okay. So, so I, I, I just say for everybody, try it. You don't, you don't have to go in full board. Are there some, are there some uh, varieties or species this, this works better with? Are there any you found that, that, you know, you'd put it on the A list and any you would advise not to? You know, most, most everything will fit in that category. Um, there could be slower items uh, that, you know, like say a, a New Guinean patient's an example, and you were growing, uh, you were growing a little cold and it was mixed with, you know, something that grew faster. That, that might be an issue. Although we did finish some uh, Durabella combos with New Guineas. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people were doing perennials Mm-hmm. And, and even perennials in combo. And I would say that one you really need to try okay. uh, because the timings are quite a bit different. Um, you know, so that would be one I would, I would look a little closer if I were doing it. Okay. And then with Durabella, are these recipes you guys are providing or, I mean, are you giving advice on, on, on what goes together? Are you selling them as a package or how does it, what is it, so we, how does the grower get a hold of those? Yeah, so we do. Durabella program is offered. It's sold as a kit, uh, as unrooted from our farm, uh, which comes, you know, basically the three components together, uh, and uh, you know, with a rubber band around them, and they have all the light supporting labeling. Um, so what we do is we we trial every year a large number of Durabella uh, possibilities, and then we choose from those. Um, and then it's kind of, um, you know, driven by the sales. If the combo sells, it stays. If it's, uh, you know, we give them a few years. If it's not that popular, then we, we will move on. Um, but, it, you know, the other thing that's important is it, it, the Durabella numbers are driven by the unrooted availability. Okay. So, so um, it will only allow... Durabella's for the the component that has the lowest availability will drive the number. Um, so you could be assured that you would get it. You know they do come in a box labeled um, labeled uh, as as Durabella. Um, you know so it's easy. Okay, and you're going to get all the components. That makes sense that that yep. you're working from the the variety with the least availability or to to build those. I think that's yep. definitely. Uh, that's an improvement over a lot of the, the sort of multi-liner programs in the past where you've had, you've had subs and, and gaps and stuff like that. Yeah, we try to avoid all, all subs uh, in that. Um, 
and, and I think we've done pretty well with it. That's cool. No, that's, that's great. I think, um, you know, like, like I mentioned before, you, you've done a lot of the trialing on these, you've seen them in action, you've seen the, the success rate and, and, and are really positioned well to give, to give good advice to growers. And I think it's going to be exciting to see more, more folks trying these and more success with these combos at all, at all the different retail outlets. Um, because really what it comes down to is providing a high quality, you know, mixed or a high quality basket or pot to the end consumer that they can be successful with. And it sounds like not only do you have good mixes, but you also have, you know, that, that their success in mind with, uh, with sort of the, the long lasting uh, ability of these. So I think that's yeah. really exciting. And, you know, as, as we're coming to a, to a close with this podcast, um, I don't, I, I can't let you go until I ask you, is there anything else that we've missed? Is there anything that, that you want to, um, you know, you want to share with, with our listeners and growers as they head into the season, anything at all you want to, you want to share before, before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, you know, one thing I'd like to say is, uh, so everybody, um, understands our Durabella program is trialed in Michigan, not in California. Uh, so, you know, uh, of course it's different Michigan. Is probably one of the worst places to grow um, early, cloudy, dark, um, you know, and so on. So I think that, uh, you know, gives us a good, uh, a good view of what growers are really going to get. Um, you know, so they'll only improve as, you know, the, the conditions improve uh, where the growers are. So um, I think that's important. And then, you know, the other thing that I'll say is is I, I really stay on top of the irrigation with all the different soils. Um, that's that's going to be the biggest challenge, I think, for everybody. And I know that the soil companies have done trials and they've got information, but it's really going to be um, boots on the ground. You're going to have to really keep a, a close eye on, on those crops yeah. and have your yeah, more experienced on. growers looking at them. Yes, all hands on. For sure. It's going to take that. For sure. Um, you know, I, th this has been great. And I really appreciate your time. I always, I always like talking to you. You've got so much experience um, from bringing new plants to market through supporting growers and seeing everything in the pipeline. I think you have, a, you have such a, a great knowledge of the market that it's been fun to kind of pick your brain on these topics. Um, where, uh, where can our listeners go if they want to learn more about Danziger and some of the products that we've talked about? Um, they can go to uh, danzigeronline.com. Excellent. Uh, that's our website. And then, of course, uh, if, if you need uh, to reach out to myself or any of my team here in North America, um, we're all listed on, the, on that website also. Excellent. Um, I'll, and then I'll there's put a, a lot of that. information, sell sheets, culture sheets, and so on. Cool. I think that, that you guys as a company do so much, do so much work. And uh, I will definitely put a link to the website and, uh, and, and the information on how they can reach out to your team. Um, I really appreciate it. And, you know, thanks a lot, Mike. And, and we will, uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. Um, I'm excited to see some of the, the new varieties in action, the ones that we saw uh, last summer in, in your trial garden. And uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast. All right. Thank you.
I'm Bill Calkins with Tech On Demand, reminding you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, and just about all of them. That way you'll never miss an episode. And we will uh, we'll be back again. So have a fantastic 2022 season.